point start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a podcast and radio show for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And Father, it's still he is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. We're still in the midst of, well, not the midst, I guess, early on still in the Easter season. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about Easter again uh, today um, and, and looking back to, to a particular aspect of the, the, the liturgies on uh, Holy Saturday and uh, and Easter morning. But before we get into today's topic, just to want to remind you, uh, dear listeners, that we are always uh, welcome. We, we welcome listener feedback, uh, questions you have about uh, anything that we we say in this or other episodes of Ignition, ideas for future episodes, um, things that you'd like us to talk about. Uh, we do Q&A episodes on occasion. So if you just have a, a short question that maybe uh, you don't think would require an entire episode of Ignition uh, to address, but, but something quick, uh, send those our way, send them our way as well. And the easiest way to do that is by emailing me. And my email address is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G. W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. And also you can find all the past issues. I say that every time, Father, I think. You do say issues every I time. Issues I, I didn't know lot. we were in print. I, don't, I didn't either. But anyway, you can... You can Read, I guess. Uh, you know, you can find past episodes of Ignition on the Dasasan website. Never learn to read. Yes, where you will have to be able to read to find them. SFCatholic.org. Look for the media section and then audio files. You'll find past episodes there, and we are also available via iTunes. Uh, so your uh, favorite iOS device, you can uh, just search for Ignition, New Evangelization, something like that in uh, iTunes Store, and you will find us that way as well. We're all over the place, Father. Uh, we have a wide many, digital... In, in many ways, we're all over the place. <laughs> we have a big digital footprint. That's what I like to say. Never I said know, it meant before, that just in terms of our uh, uh, conversation style and presentation style. It works that way, too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a polyvalent statement, Father. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> That's a theo- theological talk for you there. That there is. So the back to Easter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, back to Easter, Happy Father. Easter. Happy Easter. So... Uh, <laughs> Actually, Father, this was your idea, so I'm going to let you take run with this, and, and I'll be the one to chime in. So what, what do you want to talk about today? Well, I want to talk about Easter. Okay. I talk, especially because we didn't really have an Easter uh, broadcast, because we, we talked about uh, the uh, canonization uh, masses that happened uh, uh, on the Sunday after Easter. Yep. We didn't get to talk about Easter itself. That's true. Uh, and so we want to talk about uh, what's at the heart of the Easter Mass, whether on uh, the Easter Vigil or on Easter Day, which is the renewal of baptismal promises or the baptizing of new believers. Okay. And so to think about, like, because, okay, we have this whole Easter season, Dr. Bergwald, don't we? Uh, y- yes, that's yes. what I heard. And uh, how many days? Um, uh, let's see. Uh, 50. That's it. 50. 50. <laughs> so why should I care about 50 days of Easter? Why should it make a difference in my life? And what sort of difference should it make in my life? That, exactly. Why do we... We celebrate the Easter season. Uh, how does it matter to my life? That's a great question, Father. Right. Um, you know, uh, uh, why should I care about uh, saying Jesus is risen from the grave on May 18th? Right. Yep. Right. What do I get out of this? Yes. 
Uh, so that's kind of I think where I'd like to go. And I'd like to just focus on this idea of baptismal promises in the life of the baptized. And I think as, as just as a quick comment on that, it's worth uh, remembering. We're, we're, again, we're into the Easter season, obviously. Lent is behind us for the year. But that's part of what the Lenten journey is about, too, preparing us for the renewal of our baptism promises, or if we're un, not baptized yet, preparing us to be baptized mm-hmm. at Easter. That's explicitly stated in some of the church's documents on what the, the nature of Lent. Um, and so. even some of the prayers. Yeah. Uh, of it in that way, just of, of an aiming for and anticipation of a looking forward to that uh, renewal of our promises to uh, a belief in God and a rejection of Satan's sin. And one of the things that I love about the, the church, the liturgical calendar is that so we're preparing for it and that leads us throughout Lent up to Easter, but it's not just sort of a one and done. I mean, so we celebrate we, with, with great joy Easter at the vigil and Easter Sunday. Sunday and so on, um, but then we have the octave. But then this entire season, so so the things that we we're pre- preparing for for forty days, we are now celebrating um, and renewing in the sense of what we're talking about today for the next fifty days. So it's it's right. not you know it's not we don't just drop Easter come the day after we're celebrating it. And and to me that's why I thought this would be a, uh, I, I loved the idea of this topic. How can I, as we were saying a moment ago, how can I really truly enter into the Easter season? Uh, particularly when we're, t- we're talking about that renewal of the baptismal promises that I made back um, at Easter. Right, so it isn't just kind of a little oddity that happened that we quickly forget about on Easter uh, on Easter Day, but it's something that should mark this whole season. Right, exactly. And so, um, so maybe like a good first place to go would be uh, to the idea of what is promised in baptism. Okay. Uh, and, and, and what are we making? What is the point of this? Uh, or why do we even call them promises at all? Why don't we just call it an act of faith? Mm. Right? Yeah. And so, but I mean, Dr. Broad, I mean, you're the systematic theologian. When you look at the, t- the context of these, uh, the creeds, did I say with too much scorn in my voice? <laughs> Not too much. Just, okay. it was just right. Sufficient amount of scorn? <laughs> I didn't mean it to sound scornful. It just sounds like, you know, that sounded a little systematic theologian. Uh, I play one on the radio. <laughs> and uh, uh, so anyways, my own sidetracking of myself aside. Yes. So with, um, with these promises of, of, uh, of baptism, how are they uh, like the creed and, and how are they like an act of faith? Could you kind of flesh that out for us? So, well, I think as we get into that, just a good reminder for anybody who's listening to this and doesn't, what the heck are they talking about? Did I miss that at Easter? Just in case you missed that, just in case like me, you're out in the hall with a two-year-old at the time, um, just to remind what what we're talking about here, Father. This is is the part of the Mass when, when there might be newly baptized, but then even if there aren't newly baptized, we're all asked, and the way it's done, there's this, there are a couple different options and, and, uh, jump in and correct me as needed because you're the one who leads this at mass, not me. <laughs> um, but there's, the, there's this back and forth much like as there is, you know, just any ordinary 
quote unquote, or ordinary old baptism, where what do you ask? And do you read, there's questions about what do you reject? Do you reject Satan and all his works and all his empty promises and so on? Um, I think a threefold question about what we reject. And then we're asked to, do you believe in God, the Father, Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, et cetera? I do. So, so right, that's what we're talking about, right? The, the three Correct. F- back and so forth. So a threefold renunciation of Satan and sin, and there's two different versions of that that can be used. Okay. Um, and then there is essentially the Apostles' Creed in a uh, question and answer format. Yeah, a dialogical format. Diorama? Dialogical. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that back and forth. So, so, so we're normally, we just say the, we just, uh, typically it's the Nicene Creed. You know, I believe it. it but there, there's this dialogue between the priest and the people um, who are either, again, either being baptized or we who have been baptized. Now we're renewing these, and, and it's the, the point that you were just addressing, promises. And what's the nature of that? So. Right. So to try to answer the question, I wasn't trying to uh, avoid the question, Father. Just so you know. Uh, <laughs> so what we're doing this is this this is when most of us were baptized as infants, but we're renewing the promises that we make. Where do you believe? I do. So it's an affirmation, a reaffirmation that I believe this. So in that sense, I would say that it is it, it is an act of faith, but it's more than that. We're recalling these promises that either I made, perhaps as an adult, or that were made on by on my behalf when I was when I was an infant or below the age of reason. So these were promises. Um, and I think, Father, I don't know if this is this is where you were going, but th- 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 that is an interesting word because it's not just a statement; it's a promise. And when we think about when we make promises, um, it's different than just saying something. It's it's sort of a pledge of "I will do this." Uh, and so, when we think about these renewal of baptismal promises, I think that points to the the larger significance than just "Yeah, I believe that," and "I believe this," and "I don't believe that," and "I don't believe this." This is this is me in a sense pledging myself anew to God. I think that's a, that's a good distinction, that idea of, of promise. Uh, think, um, as you say, I'm thinking of uh, the fact that we enter into a covenant with God by baptism. Right. And God enters into covenant with us. Well, what, is, what does that mean, by the way? What's the significance of that? I think we sometimes, a lot of us, we hear that word, but we're not always aware of the depth of what that means. Right. So the word covenant is it's more than just a contract or a promise. The word covenant is the idea of a, a joining together, of taking on what it means to be with the other. Okay. And so, uh, of course, the most the naturalist explanation we have, for example, of covenant that we have is marriage. Now, in marriage, you don't just simply say, um, "Hey, your stuff is my stuff." <laughs> you say, "You are mine, and I am yours." Right. And so that's that's a more than in this way. It's more than just a promise. It's an exchange of not just of goods. It includes that, but even more, it's an exchange of persons. It's giving right. of myself to the other and receiving their gift of self to to me. And to promise to receive that gift. And so while they promise to give themselves, and you promise to give yourself, you're also promising to receive the other. Right. Right. Right, to make an act of, of, of a conscious uh, uh, choice to uh, receive them and who they are and their personality and their uniqueness and, and all of that. And we, of course, we, we, you know, speaking of Easter, we, we um, 
it was on Holy Thursday, the original Holy Thursday, right. when Jesus spoke about the new covenant. And again, the baptism is the means by which we enter into this new covenant of his. Correct. And so, uh, so, the, so in that sense, it is good to use these words of promises, promises of covenant. And when you were talking about the difference of promises versus just belief, you know, to think about uh, husband and wife, you know, do you, will you be true to me? You know, right. yeah, I believe I'll be true to you. Well, okay, do you promise to be true to me? Right. You know, I think that's a, that's a, I think that's a great illustration referring to the, the nature of the promises, the vows, even between a, uh, a husband and wife, because it's also, it's not just a statement, I really love you. I really, really, really love you. I mean, that's included, but more than that, it's, I will remain true to you, et cetera, et cetera. So again, it's, it's not just looking past and affirming what's happened. It's looking to the future and making a promise about what I will do going forward. And then since there are repercussions for not doing it. Right. You know, and um, no, we may not list those repercussions exactly, but uh, husband and wife certainly are, know and are aware that uh, uh, when they fail in their promises in some regards, small or large, there is a way in which there is a, a repercussion. It's called the couch. <laughs> no, they call it. No, you married people call it. I'm but sorry. Right, so I think that um, underscores and uh, helps ex- explain and expound this idea of promises. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So, so we we make these promises. But what's the so why renew? So what is the renewal? And I, I, I guess in light of that, that illustration, I'm thinking of renewal of of marriage vows. But <clears throat> every year we renew our baptismal promises. So let's try to connect the dots there. What's the significance of that then for for us to do each each and every year? Well, I think obviously the church thinks it's important. Right, right, right. Does <laughs> that just be a first a first just makes blush? This makes mass longer, just to keep us there. That's what you guys are about, isn't it? Well, because we get more money that way. <laughs> people, I mean, when people feel like they're sitting there, because it's before the collection. Yeah, they're, so when they like they're sitting there longer, then we get more money. That's what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not what it's about. No, it's not. And so, um, but uh, uh, um, and in some ways, you might say we actually get less. Maybe it's a longer mask. Because, I don't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, how long is this mask going to go on? <laughs> so, I never hear that. Never. Never. Um, I'm sure you, dear listeners, and dear Dr. Berger will never say that. Never. Right. So again, this importance of this of this renewal and on a yearly basis, just because of the challenge of the faith. You know, to live the Christian life is not an easy thing. Uh, was reading through the first letter of Saint Peter, uh, and him talking very much about sharing in the sufferings of Christ in your Christian life. Reading through um, uh, the letter to the Hebrews, and he has this very haunting line in the letter to the Hebrews, chapter twelve. You know, you have not resisted yet to the point of shedding blood. Right. Oh. That's true. No, 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 I haven't. Gosh, I probably could do more. Not so, me. Not me. Right. Not you? No. <laughs> well, this uh, internet author who had this little post that said, uh, I could be a martyr if it went fast enough. <laughs> like the Band-Aid. Yeah. Just rip it off. Okay. 
All right, so sidetracked. But anyways, but, but boy, and this is and it, it, with the idea of martyrdom. Each year that we make that pledge, you know, and if we, if we do it in a purposeful way, calling to mind maybe things that we struggle with, that we're frustrated with, um, sins that we're still attached to, beliefs that we have a hard time uh, living out or explaining or expounding upon, each time that we do this in a purposeful way, we're, we're trying, in a sense, we, we, are, we should be striving to die to ourselves. Right. Which is part of baptism. Right. You know, you, in the waters of baptism, you died with Christ. And? And you rise with him to new you rise life. With, exactly. Yep. Which may be, be the like second half focus of this is okay. We all right. So Father, you're telling me that Easter season is just like Lent. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't doing enough dying That's what myself it sounds and like I gave up Coca Cola. It's really about ninety days of Lent. Let's be honest. <laughs> Corresponding with Noah and how long they were in the ark. Yeah. And how long that movie seemed. Oh boo. Oh hey. Was that was that cheap shot? <sighs> yes. Okay, bummer. Didn't mean for it quite to be a cheap shot. Squirrel. <laughs> Quarrel? Never. Oh, so, okay, so Easter season is not supposed to be like listening to 90 Days of Ignition. No, please, Lord. I'm dying to yourself. <laughs> the uh, second coming can happen anytime now for the listeners to this particular Amen. episode. <laughs> we are driving up bacon and cigarette sales, though. But then the uh, host of Edition just bought stock in a uh, bacon and cigarette company. Uh, insider trading? I think not. No. What does this have to do with baptism? Right. So, so <laughs> the whole idea of new life. And so we think about the things of Easter joy and the Easter season. And so uh, little girls in white dresses on Easter Sunday, um, uh, jelly beans and the joy of, of candy and chocolate or things like that. They're meant to be a tangible experience of true Easter joy, joy. Yep. and the transformation that we should be seeking uh, and uh, living in in the Easter season. Not an excuse for gluttony. Correct. Not an excuse for gluttony, man. Man. But that's, I mean, the, the, we do, the church, again, not we, we rejoice in the, these material things because they point us, as you said, to that greater, deeper joy that comes through our transformation in the new life that baptism also gives us. Right. And so they're, they're, they are a sign in that way of the reality. So the reality, in a sense, we don't yet know the reality in full, but we can experience the reality in sign. And hence the value of, of first, apart from the renewal of promises, but that's why we celebrate it for so long, even longer than Lent, for 50 days, because we're rejoicing in the reality as we experience it, at least in part. And in a sense, to even train ourselves to experience the reality. Right, right. Yeah, the, the wisdom of the church and not just going right back to ordinary time after Easter or after the Easter octave, right? Correct. And so that, no, there is a a training in this way for the life of righteousness. Uh, there's a uh, Protestant evangelical program called the Alpha Program. I know you're familiar with it, Dr. Bergwald. But no, he uses the example of, of salvation as being like a criminal who goes to court and he's been a vagrant his whole life, uh, never had anyone to rely on, never had any family, never had any of those comforts or solitudes that so many of us have and take for granted. 
And uh, in uh, in the course of the trial, uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, the judge says to him, look, you're guilty of sin and these failures, but here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to take all those things upon me, pay the fines myself, do them myself, and uh, in fact, you can come live with me. Right. You yep. can you can now have a family, a home. You can have all these things that you've never had in your life before. Right. Um, but one of the things I always feel like missing in that gospel presentation is the whole idea that, yeah, but you have to learn how to live. Right. You know, you've when you've lived on the streets, when you've lived in difficult situations, you have to learn what it's like to live in that in that company. Yep of he who saved you. And so that's uh, a bit of the Easter season, that way, to learn to live in the company of the one who saved you. And I think, and not because I don't want him to get angry again at me, but because I'm so enthralled by him that I want to be like him. And in gratitude and true appreciation for the gift that was given. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, the gift and the nature of the gift. That reminds me just, you know, the whole idea that we've talked so much about before of, of discipleship and how, how being a disciple is in many ways just simply mimicking the master. Um, and that's what, in, in many ways, what we're talking about here. And giving us uh, the encouragement to do it. Right, exactly. That we can't, it, sorry, go ahead. Because, well, because it is a challenge and it can be a difficulty to, to live the life of Jesus. But that goes back again to the point of this, this podcast, renewing these problems. The, the, the baptism that we were given also wasn't a one and done. We continue, and by renewing it, the idea is we, we, we remind ourselves of the fact that we continue to draw on the graces. I am marked forever as belonging to Jesus Christ. And yes, I can lose the baptismal graces if I should commit a mortal sin. Uh, that can be renewed, though, and we're continually drawing on the power, in a sense, that was given to us at our baptism so that we can become like the master. Right. That we, uh, there's a, fa- uh, a oft-quoted statement by, I believe it was uh, uh, Pope John Paul II, um, or Pope Benedict, I don't remember who, St. John Paul II, excuse yes. me, where he would say, uh, you are not the sum of your fears and failures, you are the sum, rather, of the Father's love for you and of your real capacity to become the image of his Son. Mm. The sum of the Father's love for you and your real capacity. Your real capacity. So not just a wish, not just a hope. Well, you know, someday I'll quit screwing up. Someday I'll quit making mistakes. No, you have a real capacity to be in the image of Jesus, the living, life-giving image of Jesus. Right. You can really, truly do this by his grace, but you can do it. <laughs> right. You, you re- it, it really happens. Right. right. Not just a kind of maybe sort of imaginary. No, it's a real happening. And we see that precisely in the example of the lives of the saints. Correct. Which is why, I mean, it is appropriate in a sense to have the lives of the saints here in this time of year uh, and to pay attention. And, and actually, like on the calendar, there's lots of saints this time of year after the Easter season. Right, right. In some ways, they removed uh, when they, uh, they made some adjustments to the calendar and they removed some saints from the calendar in Lent. But it seems like they've added a lot more in the Easter season. During Easter, exactly. To show yeah. us that, and again, we, that we're not going to spend time talking about the saints, but because they are models, they, they they are proof in a sense that this can be done. That that living out the, the 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 baptismal promises, renewing them, drawing on them to transform ourselves can actually happen. It because it has thousands of times or, and more. Right. 
It's kind of like those late night infomercials. What? The late night infomercials, you yeah. know, like you too could look <laughs> like this. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> yes. Maybe. Okay. Okay. So what else, Father? We've got about four minutes or so to go, uh, or three minutes, three and a half minutes. Um, so, so what does that mean concretely? How can I, the remainder of this Easter season, what would you, what would you propose to me, to any other listeners, about what, what can I do week to week, day to day, the remainder of this Easter season to actually do that, to, to consciously, more intentionally draw upon the baptismal graces that I renewed at Easter? Yeah, I think one thing you could do is to think about what is it God wants from you right now. Mm. You know, and what does God want from you? He wants, he wants what He wanted from you uh, from all eternity, which is your faith and hope and love. He wants you to be making actions of faith, hope, and love in your own heart, in your own uh, Christian soul in that way. So to be a man, to be a woman of faith, hope, and love, to be striving to be embodying those uh, virtues in your life. Okay. And so now, okay, how do I make five acts of hope today? Or five <laughs> acts of faith? Um, just, you know, little things. Again, as you know, Jesus, I believe in you. So maybe something comes up that's a challenge. Jesus, I believe in you. Um, maybe you're frustrated by your own sins. You know, golly gee, I just went to confession on the Palm Sunday confession service, and here I am, you know, doing something stupid again. Um, you know, Jesus, I renew my hope that you will save me, even though I don't seem like I'm all that savable sometimes. Right, right. So those are some, some good ways of that. Do you think, you know, and this is totally me making something up right now. <laughs> what? How do you do that? From time to time. W- what about the idea of, of looking back at the, and, and, and again, I mean, obviously it's outside the liturgy and it's, it's not formal in that sense, but just, you know, maybe on occasion, uh, maybe on a weekly basis, looking back at the, you know, getting the missalette, uh, using my Magnificat, finding it online, looking back at the renewal of baptismal promises and, and just doing that personally, privately, mm-hmm. on a weekly basis. Well, I think that'd be wonderful. And because it gave me a, a chance to put that faith into action, that faith in the flesh. Right, right. And it always, I mean, that's the, the wisdom of the church, the, the nature of liturgy, uh, liturgical prayer, always putting it before us, before our minds, so that we can enter in more deeply through that re- repetition. Um, maybe maybe that might be something we could do. Again, that wouldn't be formal, but, but something that, that, you might, that we might consider doing um, on our own. And also being mindful of that each time you enter the church and you're able to uh, bless yourself with holy water. Right, right. Be mindful of what it means you're doing as you're, or every time you make the sign of the cross, thinking of the cross that was traced over you at your baptism. You know what? Actually, I'm glad you said that. It's something a couple years ago now, I think I sort of got in the habit of trying to. I don't always do it, but I often do it when I when I bless myself with holy water. Um, I as I'm making the sign of the cross, um, I, I say to my, I pray to my, don't pray to myself. I say to myself in a prayer. Um, by these waters, my sins were cleansed, and I was joined to Jesus Christ in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, baptismal faith. Exactly, Father. We're out of time. Excellent. <laughs> I'm done with this episode of ignition. But again, uh, hopefully, you, you hopefully uh, gotten something out of it. If you have it, give us an idea for a future episode. Yeah. Uh, the email address, once again, my email address, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. 
Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.